for the record, I did not expect any thumbs ups for onions. So that was great. (laughs) All right, as we uh, prepare to turn to God's word, let's first go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of your word. We thank you for the chance to come together and uh, read and hear and reflect on stories from Scripture. We ask as we turn to your word now that you would be here with us, that the same Spirit who inspired the writing of these words so many years ago would be uh, with us wherever we are, would inspire our hearing this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So for the last few weeks, we've been uh, reading stories of, um, of calling, uh, the, the call stories of the disciples. Uh, the first week, we read about Peter, Andrew, James, and John, which all come kind of right together. Uh, last week, we read about Philip and Nathaniel. And this week, we're going to read the story of Matthew's calling. Now, this story happens, uh, it, it, it's, it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, um, it, it's very short in Matthew's own gospel. So we'll be reading from uh, go- the gospel according to Luke today as we hear about the call of Matthew. Listen to God's word. When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say stand up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins? He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the words that we have just heard. We ask that you would help them to find their way into our lives, that we might understand who you are and who you are calling us to be right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, follow me to Levi or or Matthew. He's known by both names. And as we've, we've read these call stories over the past few weeks, they always begin with this, the, these very simple words, follow me. And then, then things begin to get interesting. And as we uh, have, have watched these stories in the past, uh, we've, we found some similarities in these call stories. We found some similarities in the disciples that Jesus has chosen to call. But Matthew is a little bit different Matthew is is so much different that I I think the other disciples may have raised their eyebrows when Jesus called him. And Matthew had a very important decision to make as he responded to Christ's call. A decision that I think we can sympathize with. Matthew is different from the other disciples. As uh, we've we've read these stories, we we pointed out that each of the disciples, they're, they're completely different people. 
And we talked about this with, uh, on that first week with an example of, of, of math, explaining how um, being a mathematician means a lot of different things, just like being a fisherman means a lot of different things. And those first six disciples seem to be connected to the industry of fishing. When Jesus called Peter and Andrew, they were actually casting nets into the sea. When Jesus called James and John, they were in the boat with their father. Uh, when Jesus called Philip and Nathaniel, we're told that they were from the same hometown, which was known for the, the fishing industry. But now Jesus calls Matthew. And Matthew is not part of the fishing industry. Actually, Matthew is a mathematician, like we talked about that first week. And so while the other disciples, they're, they're each completely different people, their difference is it's kind of the same. They look alike, and their, their, their differences from one another are kind of equal. But Matthew's difference is huge. I mean, the, the first six, they made their living on the waters. Matthew makes his living on, on balance sheets. The first six made their living with, with the tools of, of, of fishermen's trade. Matthew makes his living with carefully kept records and balance sheets. And so, as the, the first six disciples watched Jesus call Matthew, it must have felt a little bit strange. I mean, as they looked at one another and noticed that they were all equally different, but Matthew was like a completely different creature. In fact, in fact, Matthew, as they said to one another that we, we are equally different, Matthew may have instead said, actually, I noticed there's great hom- homogeneity in your variance. Right? Matthew sees the world in a completely different way. And so uh, Matthew looks different. He comes from a different area. And so as the disciples watch Jesus call Matthew, we, we actually, we find in the text, there's, there's a little bit of an implication, uh, uh, just a suggestion that the other six may not have been real happy about it. Matthew came from a, a profession that was notoriously corrupt and dishonest. And so they must have been watching very closely to see if Matthew would follow the same pattern, to see if Matthew would respond to Christ in the same way. And as we watch, uh, there are several things that play out exactly as you would expect. Uh, when Jesus calls Matthew, it is a calling to community. The same thing we saw in that first week. Matthew is going to give up everything he's doing, and he is going to spend the next three years with Jesus and with these disciples, and they are going to form a new community. And in fact, Matthew's going to go on to spend the rest of his life following Christ. He's going to use those, those gifts and skills he had honed to keep careful records And eventually, his name will become attached to one of our Gospels. It's no mistake. Matthew is going to spend the rest of his life part of this new community. But also, uh, last week, we talked about how when Jesus called these disciples, their first instinct was to bring someone with them. Peter brought Andrew. James brought John. Philip brought Nathaniel. And when Jesus calls Matthew, Matthew's instinct is to throw a dinner party and invite everyone he knows. Just like the others. Matthew has this instinct to bring the people closest to him along for the ride. And Matthew has this this immediate instinct to bring others alongside as he follows Christ. There are many ways in which the calling is exactly the same. But there's something else we've seen play out in these other call stories. Each of them responded immediately. Peter and Andrew, they left their nets. Uh, James and John, they left their father in the boat. Philip immediately ran to get Nathaniel, who came forward and immediately said, you are the son of God and the king of Israel. And each of these first six call stories, their response happens right away. And so when Jesus calls Matthew, they must have all inched forward to see what Matthew would do. Matthew was different. So they must have been watching very closely. And Matthew had a decision to make. 
Matthew had to decide whether he would respond right away or whether he would delay. And I think, as Matthew tried to make this decision, I think Matthew had the perfect excuse to delay. I mean, we're, we're told as the story goes on that Matthew um, threw a, a huge banquet for Jesus. Now, we're told that, that Matthew hosted this banquet and Matthew planned this banquet in Luke's gospel. In Matthew's own gospel, he doesn't take any credit for it. It's kind of an interesting note about his personality. But Luke tells us that, that Matthew hosted this great banquet. And if this banquet um, was as big as it seems to be, it must have taken some doing. So I, I wonder if perhaps Matthew already had this on the schedule. If Matthew had a dinner party planned already and he just invited Jesus along. And if that's true, Matthew had the perfect opportunity to say to Jesus, thank you so much for this calling, but it doesn't really fit my schedule today. Now is not the best time. I've got to take care of some other things. And once I have this this meal, once I have this party, once I have this gathering with my colleagues, um, I'll follow you after that. If you could swing back by tomorrow or next week or next month. I'll follow you then. Now, now is not the best time. On the other hand, it may be that this dinner party was not already planned. It may be that when Jesus called Matthew, he just followed the same instinct we saw in the other disciples. He wanted to gather people together. And if that's the case, his excuse is even better because he can say to Jesus, you know, I do want to follow you. That sounds fantastic. But now is not the best time. We can do this thing up big. I can spend a little bit of time. I can invite some friends and we can have lots of people together if you'll give me six or eight weeks lead time. Now is not the best time. We in this community know a thing or two about dinner parties. Remember those? A good one takes some time to plan. And Matthew wants to plan a big dinner party. So, you know, if you can come back in six weeks or in a few months or maybe next time you're coming through next year, I'll follow you then. Now is not the best time. Let me do this right. And as Matthew has to make this decision, I think Matthew did in fact decide now is not the best time. But it's not because he already had a dinner party scheduled or it's not because he wanted to schedule a bigger one. I think Matthew decided that now is not the best time for a much different reason. I think Matthew understood something about that word best. The word best implies a, a, a comparison between two options. Matthew understood that if he did not follow Jesus at that moment, he never would. If he decided to follow Jesus later, later would never come. His choice was not between now and later. His choice was between now and no. Matthew understood that now is not the best time because now is the only time. And so he responded immediately. He gathered his friends together. They held this dinner party. He shared his faith, just like we saw from the other disciples. And Matthew decided to follow Christ right away. Because Matthew understood that Jesus would never fit into his schedule. Matthew understood that Jesus would never fit into his plans. Matthew understood that Jesus would never fit into his life. Jesus had to transform his schedule. Jesus had to transform his plans. Jesus came to save his life. And if he waited for Jesus to fit, if he waited for later, later would never come. Matthew had to make a choice. Matthew decided that now is not the best time to follow Christ. Now is the only time to follow Christ. 
And I think we can sympathize with Matthew right now, unlike at any other time. Because we have the perfect excuses. I mean, in our entire lifetimes, the excuses, they don't get better than this. Now is not the best time to follow Jesus. It's just not. In the midst of global health crises, now is not the best time. As we watch uh, natural disasters around the world, now is not the best time to follow Jesus. As we look at the divisions in our own uh, neighborhood, now is not the best time to follow Jesus. As we look at the transition in our church, now is not the best time to follow Jesus. It doesn't fit into our schedule. It doesn't fit into our activities. It doesn't fit into our plans. Following Jesus right now does not fit into the life of this congregation. Because Jesus is transforming our schedules. Jesus is transforming our plans. Jesus is transforming our activities and our timelines. Jesus is saving the life of this congregation. He doesn't fit inside it. He transforms it and he saves it. And as a congregation, we have chosen right now, even though this is not the best time, we have chosen this is the only time to follow Jesus. And even though we are in the midst of a health crisis, we have decided that right now is the only time to follow and we will continue to worship God. Even though the world around us is difficult, we have chosen that right now is the only time to follow and we will continue to worship God. We have chosen that right now is the only time we as a church can follow Jesus Christ. And so even though it's not the best time, we know it's the only time and we follow Christ at this moment. We have decided this is a congregation. That's why you're here. That's why you're watching online. We have decided that now is the only time. Later will never come. This is true for us as a congregation, and it's true for us as individuals too. Christ is calling each of us to something. I don't know what it is, but Christ has called you to do something. And their chances are pretty good that One of the things Christ has called you to do, you've decided to delay. Whatever that thing might be. Now is not the best time to start reading my Bible. Now is not the best time to volunteer at the church. Now is not the best time to support the church financially. Now is not the best time to become a better spouse or parent or sibling or neighbor or coworker or friend. Now is not the best time to turn off my phone and turn to God in prayer. Now is not the best time to fill in the blank. The problem is, now is the only time. If you wait till later, later will never come. The only time to follow Christ is right now. So whatever that thing is, and it's the thing that has popped into your head already, whatever that thing is, today is the day to follow Christ. Now is the time to start reading your Bible. Now is the time to invest in this community. Now is the time to volunteer with this church. Now is the time to support this church with your finances. Now is the time to turn off your phone and turn to God in prayer. Now is the time to become a better spouse, a better parent, a better sibling, a better neighbor, a better coworker, a better friend. Now is the time to say yes to Jesus Christ. Now is the time to allow Christ to transform your schedule, to transform your timeline, to transform your world and to save your life. The only time to follow Christ is right now. Now is not the best time. Now is the only time. And as all those disciples watch Jesus call Matthew, as they all leaned forward to see what Matthew would do, he set the perfect example because Matthew understood the only time is right now. And Matthew followed the pattern of the others. 
He joined this new community. He invested in this community of faith. Matthew followed the pattern of the others. He brought the people closest to him alongside on this journey. He brought them to Christ. And Matthew set a wonderful example because he understood the only time to follow Christ is right now. We can sympathize with this. We can sympathize with Matthew as a congregation because the excuses are perfect. And yet we have chosen to follow Christ right now. As we read these call stories, and we see so many patterns emerge over and over. We see uh, that that when God calls people, when, when Christ calls the disciples, he calls them to a community of faith. We see that when Christ calls us, we, we have this instinct to bring the people we love along with us. And we see that when Christ calls us, the only time to follow is now. Jesus Christ is calling us as a congregation. Jesus Christ is calling you as an individual. And now is not the best time to follow. Now is the only time to follow. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.